to be talking about putting God first in everything. I had this thought this morning. I thought, I wonder how many of us woke up this morning and thought a thought something like this. Oh, no, I've got to breathe. You think, pastor's going crazy. No, you don't think that way, do you? You don't consider breathing to be a chore. You don't think about it and think, God, can you give me a break from breathing? Because I really don't enjoy it. No, your body is designed to naturally (laughs) breathe. Why? It's very simple. (laughs) Because you need it to. If your body doesn't breathe, you don't live. And I thought about that as I was just preparing my heart again this morning. And I thought, how beautiful would it be as children of God if we had the same natural, automatic response to engaging God fully in every single part of our life. Instead of thinking, oh, God, do you really have to be involved in my money? Do you you really want to be in charge of my future? I don't think we think that way necessarily. But how wonderful would it be if our natural response, even perhaps without thinking, was in everything always to put God first. Man, I think our lives would be somewhat different, whatever age we are. And I want to just have a little quiet, quick word with parents. Parents, encourage your young ones in this. Encourage your children to always put God first every time. And the best way you can do that, parents, I'm going to give you a secret, the best way that you can encourage your children and the best way that we can encourage each other to put God first is to put God first. It's as simple as that. Leading, encouraging by example. Jesus never teaches us something that he himself would not do. And so we, we do well to encourage each other to put God first in everything. So here is our Bible verse for today. It's taken from the book of Proverbs back in the Old Testament. Some amazing verses there to read. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all. Underline that. All your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all. Underline that. You do. And he will show you which path to take. 
beautiful verses. The object or the purpose of this sermon series, which Young Ho has mentioned to us, the spiritual family, is very simple. It's to help us to know how to take God's word and apply it practically into our everyday life. And so we have four points this morning. Very simple, very quick, but if we'll take them on board and allow the Spirit of God to work them in our heart and in our everyday life, they have the ability to transform what our life looks like. It's my, I think, pretty accurate guess that there are parts of our lives that we wish were very different. The greatest way, the greatest influence that we could ever allow to have on our life is God and His Word. So we're going to look at four ways, specifically, that we can put God first. The first thing is this, to love Him. To love Him. I wonder what your thoughts about love is. I, uh, I, I went onto the internet and, and I searched. I just thought it would be fun to search what children think love is. Yeah? So I've got some coming, some coming up on screen. Some of them are really, really good and some of them are, are, are quite amusing. The first one is there. Love is when you go out to eat and you give somebody most of your French fries without making them give you any of theirs. You know, for some of us, that would be a big act of love. Not looking anywhere, not looking at anybody at all. But for some people, quite seriously, that would be very very loving. The next one, a child in response to this question, what is love, says, when my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands have got arthritis too. That's love. That's a great expression of love. Selfless thinking about other people. I like this one. Love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and they smell each other. (laughs) I read loads of these and I thought to myself, where do they get some of these from? Kind of innocence in a very, very real way. So, you know, husbands, if if your wife's putting on the cologne, on the perfume, you know, maybe put a little bit of shaving cologne on yourself and snuggle up and sniff each other and who knows what happens. Love. (laughs) And love is when my mummy makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure... The taste is okay. (laughs) 
Isn't it beautiful? Just the way children view this amazing thing called love. Let me read you some verses from the Bible. 1 John chapter 4. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. In the same chapter, but a few verses on, the author says this, We love because He first loved us. And this is a truth I want you to lay hold of. Whatever age you are this morning, when you're listening to this message, God is love. He isn't just the best lover. He is love. And the only way that you and I could ever know how to love God or one another is to first of all allow Him to love us. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Because love is something we maybe all enjoy and like. I don't think I've met many people who don't like being loved. Sometimes (laughs) it's on their terms and then on their interpretation of love. But most people like to be loved. God is the only one that knows how to love us with a pure, perfect love. And if we will open our hearts to him and let him love us first, then we learn how we can love one another. Husbands, wives, that's how to learn how to love each other. Parents and children, that's how to learn how to love each other. Don't, don't go sitting down with some textbook Don't try to find some three-point strategy on how to love each other. The best thing that we can ever do is to allow God to love us. And sometimes things have happened to us, young and old, and we close our hearts. We, We kind of keep people out because once... Somebody got close to us and hurt us, and we don't want that to happen again, especially when that somebody was very close to us. And this is where we need the help, the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us to open our hearts and let God pour His perfect, true, life-giving love into us. The second thing that we can do in putting God first. It's very simple. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. Sometimes my wife and I have a communication breakdown. And it's usually because I (laughs) am still learning how to listen. Any men identify with that? Yeah, the rest of you are telling fibs. (laughs) Hearing something is very different to listening. I've discovered that the hard way. When my wife has been trying to pass on information, and especially when it's something to do with her feelings or her heart, I can hear, but am I listening? 
Am I listening? And, and one of the great things that we can do in allowing God and putting him first in everything is to listen to him. He's talking to us. He, he wants us to know what his will is and what his voice sounds like. And the way that we listen to him, well, some of us need to get into conversation with him. When was the last time you had a conversation with the Lord? And, and sometimes as children, we might think, well, when I grow up, then God will start to talk to me. Forget that. That's a lie. Yes, he will talk to you when you're growing up. But young people, children, listen, God desires to talk to you. He loves for children to hear his voice. Let me read you these verses out of Proverbs 4. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. In other words, don't forget them. Don't be like a person that looks in the mirror, sees what they look like, walk away and forget and think, what do I look like? Hold on to God's words. Treasure them. How many of you like to collect things? Let me see your hands. Maybe you collect money. <laughs> you like, what do you like to collect? The young lad at the back. What does he collect? Sorry? Lego. Love Lego. God bless the, the Danes for creating Lego. Love it. It's expensive now. We collect all sorts of things. My dad, my grandfather and my father used to collect stamps. And I inherited them and found that they're worth almost nothing. I was, when my father died a few years ago, I went to sort through his stuff and I found his stamp collection and my brother said, you may as well take that. I thought, wow, you know, maybe a little, little nest egg here. And uh, now it was, it was not really worth the paper it was printed on. And that's often how it is with things that we collect. My wife doesn't collect anything, naturally. She doesn't have ornaments and things like that because she says, if I have them, I just have to clean them. But one thing that's really good to hold on to is God's word. Don't lose sight of it. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Why? Why? For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their body. There is nothing more powerful than God's word. And if we will Hold on to it and believe it. It will surely come to pass. And people say to me, Pastor, how long? Tell me, how long do I have to believe? Simple. Until it happens. Because it will. God never makes a promise and breaks it. Never. He never has and he never will. That's why it's so important that we listen to God, above everybody else. And in this, I want to encourage you, speak God's word in your families. 
in your friendships. Don't, don't have gossip in your friendships where you talk about other people. Talk about the word of God. When you greet people, hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Wonderful. How was your week? Amazing. Do you know what God said to me? How about that for a life-giving conversation? When you're putting your children to bed at night, when you're going to bed yourself as a couple or as a single, meditate on what God is saying to you. Listen to what God is speaking. God doesn't waste his breath. God doesn't do small talk. He doesn't just talk because he likes to hear his own voice. Every word he says is a promise. Let me read you these verses. It's taken from the book of Exodus. It's chapter 33, verse 11. In the last three or four weeks, Young Ho and I have talked a little bit about a man called Joshua. He was Moses' assistant and eventually became the person that led God's people into the promised land. And as a young man, he was assisting Moses. Verse 11 says, uh, Inside the tent of meeting, that was a place where Moses went to meet with God. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. You say, wow, I wish I, wish I could enjoy that. Huh, I've got news for you. You can. You can. Face to face, one on one. Speaking with God. And afterward, Moses would return to the camp. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. And as you read around this verse, you learn that he stayed there because he wanted to keep listening to God. You can be doing whatever, anywhere, you can listen to the voice of God. Put him first. Let him be the first voice that you're listening for. Number three, depend on him. This is how we can put God first, where we depend on him. To do that, we need to involve him in everything. Involve him. You know, Sometimes God is the last person we go to, quite incredibly. We acknowledge that he has come into our life and he has saved us and set us free from sin and we're going to spend forever with him and he's given us his Holy Spirit to live in in us and yet sometimes, sometimes... (laughs) He's still the last person that we go to. We, we, we get stuck in a situation and we try to sort it out ourselves. If that doesn't work, we go find somebody else. And then we think, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, I could talk to God. Better late than never. But I think it's great if we encourage ourselves and one another to go to him first. This week, my son called me 
he and his wife, they're, they're waiting for their baby to be born. Due date is tomorrow. I land in Australia tomorrow. Who knows about the timing? Cuddles coming up. My son called me, I think it was Monday. I said, hey, Jason, how are you doing? He said, oh, I'm tired. I said, what's up? They have a a one-year-old daughter as well, because things are a bit busy. And I'm thinking maybe she was up. And he said, oh, Dad, I've I've been up all night with toothache. He said, would you pray for me? I said, absolutely. So we prayed. And my wife told me yesterday, as soon as we finished praying, God completely healed him. Yeah? Involve God. Why? Because he wants to get involved with everything. Everything. The smallest detail of life. Because he wants us to come to that place where we totally depend on him. Parents, parents, listen. Don't raise your children to be independent people who can stand on their own two feet. Don't do it in Jesus' name. Raise them to be young people who depend fully on God. For everything, their health, their future, his plans for them, everything depends on him. Mark chapter 2, verse 4. Mark chapter 2 tells us this story about a man who was paralyzed. My father was almost paralyzed once. He had a stroke and he could hardly move. And God healed him, praise God. And this man was paralyzed and his friends believed that if they could get him to Jesus, Jesus would heal him. But there was a big problem where Jesus was, was packed out. Couldn't get in. Couldn't get to Jesus. But they didn't give up. There's a truth. You can always get to Jesus. He'll always make himself available. So guess what these guys did? <laughs> they went up onto, onto the roof of the place where Jesus was inside. And they were so determined to get their friend to Jesus, they started to rip the roof off. How about that? How would you, what would you think if Jesus came to visit you People wanted to come to see him, and all of a sudden, they were on your roof ripping it off. You see, they, want, they wanted to get to him because they knew that Jesus would heal their friend. They made a hole big enough to let the guy down right in front of Jesus, and Jesus healed him. And when they could not come near to him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was, So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And the story goes on to say that Jesus healed him. They didn't say, oh, Jesus is obviously too busy today. They didn't say, oh, obviously we're not meant to get to him. (laughs) 
Sometimes we say that when it gets a little tough. Oh, must mean that God doesn't want to speak to me or work with my life right now. Because it gets a little tough. No, we must learn to depend fully upon Jesus. And to do that, we need to involve him. We need to involve him. If you're not married yet, some of you children are not yet married yet, are you? If you're not married yet and you want to get married, depend on God for who that should be. If you're raising children, depend on God. Involve him totally in everything, every part of your life. Fourth thing and last thing, trust him. And to trust him, you need to get to know him. Someone asked me once, uh, 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 can't remember if it was husband or wife of a couple that were going through some challenges. One of them asked me, so would you do anything that your wife asked you to do? And I, I, I paused for a little while and I said, yes, I would. Yes, I would. And they said to me, what if, they, uh, what if your wife asked you to do something that was not right? I said, well, the answer to that is very, very easy. I know my wife, and therefore I trust her, and she would not do that. How well do we know God? He has made himself known to us completely. He's given us, listen, his Spirit, his spirit is not his spirit is not some other person separate from God. It is God's spirit. He has so desired for us to know him that he says, "I'm going to put my spirit in you, and then you'll know me." And so, as we give ourselves first and fully to God, it means we're getting to know Him. And the more we get to know him, the more we realize that everything he speaks to us, everything he says to us, we can trust. Proverbs chapter 4, these were our verses at the beginning, say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You may say, can I do that? If God didn't tell you to do it, let me say it this way rather, if it wasn't possible, God wouldn't tell you to do it. Do you see what I'm saying? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. How? Get to know him. And the more you get to know him, the more you'll find he's trustworthy. He's true. He's life-giving. He loves you. He wants the best for you. He'll never spoil you. Oh, I wanted him to spoil me. No, he won't. That's not good for you. It's not good to spoil your children, to, to raise them in a way where... They don't have a value of things. But they expect that everything is theirs to have. That's not what God wants. God doesn't raise us as his children to depend upon ourselves. God doesn't say to us, you do what you can and I'll do the rest for you. No, that's not in the Bible. That's not true. God doesn't say that he helps those who help themselves. That's not in the Bible. That's not true. He wants us to come to a place where we trust him. 
with all our heart. We don't lean on our own wisdom and understanding. It isn't eternal and perfect like that of God. We don't know everything. We are not wise as God. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Speak to Him and seek Him for His plans. And then He will direct you, your life. There's nothing more beautiful than a life that is totally directed and led by God. Why? Because it brings glory to God. It brings glory to Him. And whatever age we are, it doesn't matter. God desires to lead us. God desires to provide for us. God desires to be everything. And as God's family, let's encourage one another in these things. Let's encourage one another in God's word. Let's encourage one another to trust him, to listen to him. And let's encourage one another to have hearts that are open to receive his love, that we may love him and one another. Amen. Let's pray. Father, it's so good for us to be together like this as your family. Brothers, sisters, different ages from different nations and different backgrounds. And yet you join us together and you make us your family. Father, I thank you for your word that comes to our hearts today. It's not a, a command. It's not something you insist on that we, that we put you first above everything else. It's not an obligation that we have. It is your wisdom. It is because that is the best thing for us that we may experience in every area of our lives, every area, we may experience your life. Father, I thank you that you've spoken to us personally. And you will continue to do that. And your Holy Spirit will continue to remind us and show us ways in which he will enable us to put what you've spoken to us into action. In our personal lives, in our natural families, in our friendships, and in our church family. And God, we want that because we want our lives to glorify you. In Jesus' name.